Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be picking up the conversation on the first episode of season two. Conversation where Jerry and I are talking about what's been going on in our lives over the past year and what we've got planned for next and some of the things that we are currently working on. There's going to be a two-part conversation here. The first part is going to take place and was recorded on the leap year, February 29th, and uh, the next one was the next morning on March 1st. And if you would consider following us, we'd appreciate it. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as YouTube. You can find us at Plowline on all of those mediums. I currently have a new project going on, which I'm posting to all those websites. It's called The Regiment, and at the end of episode two, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. You can find more information at the Plowline YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening in, and let's get started. To the Plow Line Podcast. This is Jerry Balarosa Tanel. And I am here with go on, say your name. Jeremy Ibalarosa Tanel. Whoa. Are you gonna do are you gonna go with Ibalarosa Tanel? No. Why? Uh, I think it sounds awesome. I love the sound of it. Say it again. Jeremy Ibalarosa Tanel. It does. Right? It like, does. It'd be awesome if Antonio Banderas was saying it. <laughs> yeah, but what do you think about that? What do you think about taking my last name and hyphenating yours? Well, it's the best of both worlds. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. It is. It's, it, it, I mean, like, it sounds really great, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> and it's rich in, in, you in know, culture. In culture, right? Yep. I mean, you've got. You've got uh, um, Frankish, um, you know, French dialect, and you've got uh, Spanish, you know, from Spain, Span, Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's rich. It sounds good. It sounds good. But I wonder if people would be like, um, did he, did he take, did he take her name? Oh, he wants to be famous. <laughs> is he riding on her coattails? <laughs> oh, that is a bitch move. Right? Yeah, totally. You know people are going to be saying stuff like that. <laughs> I know, they would. And I, and I and which is a good reason why I wouldn't take your last name. Why? Because like, I mean You don't want to be teased. I don't like being teased. <laughs> you don't, huh? I don't. Dude, how are you going to, how do you do this kind of work then? How do you do this kind of equity work if you don't like to be teased? I mean, not that the things that I have to deal with is people teasing me, 
but it's still an insult, an assault. A- well, there's a difference, right? Like um, being teased by people I know and care about, teasing me about things that, you know, are right. clearly me, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's definitely some things that you could tease me about. That doesn't bother me. What you're talking about is um, is like online trolling. And that's not that's not teasing, babe. That's that's you know. So I think that my response to that is going to be completely appropriate, which is um, which is to ignore it. Mm. I don't think I'm. I don't think I can. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be a guy who can read comments and stuff because I I would just be like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> you said what to to me? Yeah. Oh, it's on. And then <laughs> I'll do all kinds of research and and figure out, you right, know, and I'll right. start trolling them. Right. But see, that's where, that's that's the aloha. That's observing the somatics, the emotions in your body. I'm literally observing the somatics in my body, <laughs> and they're saying, don't, don't go there. And that's good. I guess that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We can only, um, I think... When we know ourselves well enough, you know, we could, um, I think we place ourselves in the position to where we can uh, make change, right? If we feel like this isn't something that we can do and we really can't do it, why would we even try to force ourselves into that? Find something that you're good at and you can make happen and then you can excel. I think that's how people, but, but sometimes I feel it's easier said than done because not everyone has the opportunity, the, you know, the privilege to be able to just live out their, their, their being. Like when you find that, that moment in your life, when you understand what your essence is on what you need to do, you know, your calling, man, it would suck not being able to do it you could find yourself upset and i mean unless it becomes the norm then that's something different but um if you're not able to live out your calling you can you can find yourself real angry and you know not able to um look at the world in a positive way because you're not resonating at that decibel that you should be. Yeah. Um, I just found the volume control on my mic, by the way. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm here. I'm in the conversation now. You know, how do I make sure that, that, that there's, you know, how do I make sure I'm, that I'm, I'm pursuing my heart's work here? You know, Can you feel it? And stay in my heart. I Well, not yet because I'm still in the transition point, right? Like, I'm but can still... you feel the excitement, like the swell, like a wave, mm-hmm. just kind of like building up? Sure, yeah. Sometimes. And where, where is it? Where is that coming from? Like what down, part? deep down in here, and it comes deep up, down in your belly. and it kind of makes me feel a little sick, <laughs> and uh, and then it kind of calms back down. Um, it's um, it's a lot. It's it's uh, yes, I can feel excitement for sure. But I'm also anxious. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, I've lived my life. I lived my life working to work. 
working mm-hmm. to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, and that's how I live my life, you know. And uh, um, I, you know, when I found my way in college, it took me eight years to graduate um, with my bachelor's degree. And no, I, I did not get a, a doctoral or a doctorate or a master's in that time. It just took me eight years to get a bachelor's degree. And it took me that because one, I, I worked my way through it. But the other reason was because I was trying to find my way. And um, when I when I found writing, um, it was the first time after a dozen majors where I was like, oh my gosh, this resonates, this resonates. And I wrote all the way through college and um, I almost got published. Um, I came very close. Um, it was a really astonishing moment for me, you know, because I, I didn't I didn't know what it would take. And uh, and then I and then I graduated and I went to work. And um, I wrote for sure, but I wrote marketing campaigns and communications and, you know, and, and that's what sort do of you thing. mean you almost got published. I almost got published by um, a, um, a little university journal in Pennsylvania. And what happened? Um, it was a piece that, it was a piece that my, uh, my instructor, um, I, that I had brought back from my time in Alaska when I went to University of Alaska Fairbanks in, mm-hmm. in the winter of two, uh, 1994, 1995. And that's where I discovered writing was there. And, um, and uh, my professor there had, um, had encouraged me to come to a reading for, uh, for a professor that had just published from Western Washington University, where I came from. And he knew that I was pretty homesick and, and, uh, and not enjoying the winter of uh, Fairbanks at, you know, 60 below zero. And, um, and so I went. And he introduced me um, to this professor, and and what he wanted to do was he wanted to make sure that when I left UAF that um, that I continued with a writing program. And so he he put me in touch with this professor, and this professor um, set me up um, um, to um, to continue in the Western Washington University's writing program under his under his program. So I got back and got signed up, and he became um, my advisor, and um, and he plotted out my plotted out my major, and uh, and I spent a year and a half um, taking a single course from him each um, each quarter, and um, and uh, I cannot remember his name, but he wrote a book called The Big Ear. That was his first, I think. Uh, book that he had published. It's a book of short stories. And um, he encouraged me to take these two pieces that I had written um, while in Alaska, um, one about getting a haircut from my girlfriend at the time and and the memory that that brought back of getting my haircut as a child and the bitter cold um, walk in the snow um, to school every day. It was like a mile and three quarters and, you know, it's flat there, but you know, I mean, I walked because the bus was too expensive and I didn't have enough money. And, uh, and so he, he was like, take these two stories and combine them. So I did. 
and um and it was great it's a great piece and uh the last assignment in in that coursework was all of us had to submit a piece throughout that we had written throughout the whole tenure and um and submit it and so he said i want you to submit this and he gave me a list of journals and i sent them in and um i think i still have the journal up on that bookshelf somewhere and um and a small university publishing um, house um, wrote me back, which they never do, you know, unless you get a letter of rejection. And they said, this is an excellent piece. I think we want to run it for, um, for this specific um, time frame. Um, would you make some edits? And I was like, sure, absolutely. Um, let's, you know, what, what, what would you like me to do? And then um, I didn't hear from him. And, uh, and so I wrote him back and I said, um, um, you know, are, are you still interested? You know, what would you like me to do? And they wrote back and said, no, I think we're going to pass for this um, round, but um, resubmit for next um, for the next journal, which is I think they did um, a biannual one. So they bumped you? They bumped me and I didn't resubmit. I graduated. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. It does because sometimes, you know, I feel like small things like that can really stop a person from moving forward because that first sense of rejection hurt so bad. Oh, it didn't hurt bad at all. It didn't? Not oh, at good. all. No. No, it didn't hurt because um because the one thing that's pound that was pounded into our heads was that don't expect to hear back. Right, right. You're not going to hear back, you know. If you don't hear back, then, um, you know, then then just move on. Yeah. If you do hear back and it's a rejection letter, resubmits another time. Right. Like like, you know, keep writing pieces for these guys. Yeah. Um, if you you know, but he never told any of us about. Yeah. They might write you and have you do some edits or something. Um, you should. There's so many journals out there. There's like tons. I've sent you it. I sent I sent you all the links. To all of these things that you can like submit to and all that other kind of stuff. I feel like you're trying to put something on the record. <laughs> For the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think I think it's a uh, it's um, accountability. Right. I'm holding you. I'm holding you. I'm holding you accountable. Yeah. That holding me accountable is definitely not something you have a hard time doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's you're not I mean if you think you need practice you don't okay I get it I get it man this week was a good week was it it was a good week you know I mean the the um the month started off a little rocky you know or the middle of the month it started off a little rocky but I I'm kind of like um okay so after, you know, after I got that hate mail, right? I got that hate mail mailed to me. I think you got to back up. I think you're going to have to describe what you mean by hate mail. What okay. did you get? So a couple of weeks ago, I did a, um, I did a training um, on a Friday with, a, with some of the paraeducators at my school. And... Um, I don't know where this came from, but anyway, I did some training with paras and they were, you know, I, I did it on um, cultural identity and diversity. 
And there were some people who were not really happy with what I was talking about in regards to culture, identity, and diversity. You know, it's uh, having people look at their bias. Oh, that is such a hard thing for people to look at their bias, to look at their privileges, to look at their power, their positionality. It's so hard to do that. And so it's like as I'm pushing people, I can see and feel the pushback. And um, that afternoon, I, you know, I had them do some, do some exercises and someone wrote some nasty stuff on a piece of paper that was targeted towards me. <laughs> so that was that one. And then I was out of the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I go back to the office on Thursday and there's an envelope that is sitting in my folder with some of the other things that I need to look at. And I open it up and it is an image of a swastika. <laughs> an image of a swastika. And it was, it was targeted towards me because, um, so it's not like they, they just send it to random people, but it said, um, go away savage. And then it said, um, fuck your aloha, which is my message, right? <laughs> That's my freaking message. It said, fuck your aloha. And then on the bottom, it said, um, white lives matter N-word. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? So, you know, it's like I was telling people that I see the image all the time. You know, I see it and I was like, well, that's fucked up. But to have it in my hands to have it in my hands targeted towards me. The visceral reaction that I had was, um, oh, it, it was just uh, unexplainable. It was unexplainable. I felt, I felt like my blood rushed through my head, <laughs> rushed through my head. I felt like as I was walking out into the hallway, I was walking in a cloud. I felt all of a sudden things just kind of like got so blurry around me. And um, the way people sounded was as if we were, it just, it just was like unreal. Like things got blurry for me and I was like, holy shit. And um, so my colleagues rushed me into, you know, the superintendent's office and I'm sitting there and and I'm crying and um, there's part of me that is like, stop your crying. Why are you crying for me, right? Seriously, that's what I heard as I was sitting there at my boss's desk, right? It's like in my head. Was it your mom's I voice? heard my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I heard my parents. I heard my grandparents. You, you want me to give you something to cry about? This is what you're going to cry about this. Get up. Stop your crying. <laughs> right? And I just like, I, I, I really, I pulled myself together. I pulled myself together and I was like, okay, let me, hold on. Let me just breathe through this. So, you know, I just kind of like, um, you know, picture, picture myself. I calm myself and I picture the, just the energy around my heart. Right. And I'm just like breathing this energy out and I'm like, OK, and I just kind of like hold it for a little while and then I exhale and then I do it again. So you can see that because I feel like I'm a care bear, <laughs> a care bear. Which one? I feel like I'm a care bear. I think it's um, 
It's the bear, the one that shoots out hearts and everything like that, and it's a rainbow of hearts. I thought they were all shooting out rainbows of hearts. No, there's one that actually, there's, I'm going to look this up. There's one that actually has just all hearts. What, what do the other ones have? Um, like flowers, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, hold on. Care bear, heart bear. I don't know which one that is. <laughs> anyway. It's too bad we can't call in to, to the boys because both the boys would know. Oh, they would not. Anyway, so so I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing my parents tell me to just buck up and everything and, you know, stop crying. This was, You want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> right. And so that's kind of like what I'm hearing. And um, like within 15 minutes, security came, right? Security came. Okay. And because, you know, my colleagues are like, oh, my gosh, they're just, you know, they're, they're concerned. They're worried. They've never experienced anything like that before. Right. So um, security comes and, you know, it's like um, he's so he's so awesome. He you can see on his face that he's angry for me and um you know, he reassures me that everything's okay and that these are just a bunch of chicken shit people. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. He said chicken shit people, and that um, I, I I shouldn't be I shouldn't be concerned. But then they all stopped and they're like they knew that telling me that that I shouldn't be concerned was their privilege, that it was all of them sat there and they knew that. Wow. I can tell her that she's going to be okay, but I'm not even the one that actually received it. So I don't even know if she is going to be okay because that's some hardcore stuff. Mm -hmm. And they knew that that was their privilege, that they were able to even say that. And that really, I really appreciated that. I really appreciated that. And the, um, you know, my boss sent out the email and everything like that to, you know, district-wide email talking about how she's so disappointed with all of this. And it was immediate. So they didn't trivialize anything or minimize anything. You know, it was um, everyone Everyone took action immediately. It was good allyship. Oh, like, yes. And, and to me, at that point, I was like, you know what? This is aloha in action. Yeah. Right here, right now, this is aloha in action where, you know, it's like this, this happened to me, but my colleagues of European descent knew that they had the power to do what they all needed to do. Mm-hmm. They knew that. And, and they used it. They used it to protect me. They used it to, you know, sur- just... Surround me with love, right? <laughs> that's that's what it was, and I thought that was just absolutely amazing. Like a group of Care Bears. Like a group of Care Bears. Gosh, you know, I didn't watch that cartoon um, because, <laughs> but uh, I am sure that it was powerful. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Are you talking about the Care Bears? You, oh, I thought you were talking about my colleagues and everything coming together like Care Bears. <laughs> Okay, so here's what the boys say. Um, Edward says, "Ask Siri, Mom." LOL. <laughs> and but Ali, Ali, he must have googled it because his first message is, "LOL, I don't know." And then he said, "Rainbow Heart Bear." 
That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. That's the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, I know. I told you they wouldn't know. They didn't watch Care Bears. Yes, they did. They they did not watch Care Bears. Yes, they did. They didn't even have Care Bears. That's because they knew that they couldn't they couldn't possibly get away with a Care Bear. <laughs> They'd get beaten for having a Care Bear. But they anyway. secretly loved them. Okay, so anyway, so that happened, right? And then... Right after that, during this time, I had to practice for TEDx. Yeah. I had to practice for TEDx Everett. And I was speaking about Aloha. And it's like um, there was so much going on. You know, it's like, a, you know, work and, and writing my dissertation and receiving that stupid mail. And then, you know, practicing for <laughs> practicing for TEDx that when I took that stage, should I say this? Should I share this? <laughs> <laughs> when I when I took that stage, it was like um everything everything that I was feeling came out of me. Like I felt I grabbed whatever was just right there on my heart and I spoke about that. And it's like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily in the order that I practiced, but I feel that I hope because I don't even remember what I said, but I didn't have to read it because I was living it. Yeah, you hit every one of your talking points. I was living it. I was I was you just hit them out of order. Right. On what on how I practiced it. But that was the uh, that was the first time that I was like, oh, wow. I um I think I I think it was right there where okay sometimes it takes me a while to realize things especially about myself. Wow. What? <laughs> that's a that's an impactful statement. Are you being facetious? Not at all. <laughs> I think we should take a moment. Go on now. That was good enough. I sometimes I feel that um, like I'm not I I I suffer from um, ADHD po- imposter syndrome. Oh, there's I, no medication for that yet. Yeah, I suffer from imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like really can I really do this? Can I really be a leader? Seriously, come on. I think everybody feels that way to some degree. Yeah. I think the ones that don't feel that way, some of them, like Captain America, <laughs> he's, he's a good leader. You're so he, he's a good leader. I'd follow Cap for sure. You know, I'm talking about the real world, not Avenger world. <laughs> it looks real. It looks real. <laughs> but I think everybody feels that way except for Captain America. <laughs> And he's the good kind of that doesn't feel that way. The ones that don't feel that way, um, uh, but don't care to, about feeling that way, they are they're they're bad, right? You know, people who just well, um, certain leaders in the world <laughs> who are extraordinarily confident of themselves, but have no reason to be confident of themselves. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, those. but I, you know, I mean, I, I, I question myself all the time. Like, remember when, remember when I did the, um, the convoy, 
and I took the cars from from oh from Marysville to Auburn, right? Yes. Yeah. Right yeah. from Mauna Kea, mm-hmm. and I remember that morning getting ready and and putting my signs. You know, I was carrying my signs all over the place and my flags and everything like that. And as I was um, sitting here meditating, like I normally do when big stuff comes like this, I was questioning whether I could do it or not, whether this was the right thing for me, whether it was like, can I take on the uh, responsibility of building up these shoulders for people to stand upon? And um, I felt like I couldn't. And then I heard, whoo, whoo. I'm like, what? And I go outside, and there is my pueo. And I <laughs> explain what a pueo is. Pueo is um, it's my almacua. It's my spirit animal. It's the uh, owl, and it was just um, something. Something happened in that moment where the connection, the real connection that I could feel between, you know, I me mean, with myself and the universe. It, it kind of like became one in that moment where I was like, okay, then <laughs> I guess this is the way we're going. <laughs> yep. And it's, you know, and then, and then things just started happening just, you know, right, right after, right after that. And, and, um, I, I feel, I feel so, uh, I feel so grateful so I don't even know if that's the I don't even know if that's strong enough word. Mm. I don't even know if grateful is a strong enough word to describe just the abundance of um blessings. You know, and, and, and I feel like maybe I could I could look at this whole thing in a whole different way. And I tried. I tried. I tried looking at everything that we've done in this past year. Mm-hmm. in a different way where I, I concentrated on the negative things that happened. I concentrated on the hardship that happened, you know, and all of that stuff in this past year. And I found myself getting pissed off about things that, um, things that happened in the past. And I felt like at one point, fuck this, I, I'm not going on. I'm not going on. I'm, I, I, I'm peacing out. Right. Because that's what I was concentrating on. Right. And then I was like, wait up. If I am talking about aloha and talking about shifting paradigms and, you know, navigating these spaces and being, you know, accepting other ways of thinking, I should probably practice that shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very easy, is it? Talking about it is one thing. Practicing it, that's hardcore. Yeah. That's hardcore. And that's why it's like I'm always talking about the difference between cultural competence and cultural humility. Right. Right. Cultural competence is I can go out there and do all the speaking engagements I want and be like, yeah, woohoo, this is what I'm doing and everything. But then on the humility is on the other side where it's like, 
I'm being real. I'm being transparent and letting people know that I'm still practicing the shit that I wrote. It took me, it took me three weeks to write it and it's going to take me a lifetime to freaking master it. I may not even master it in this lifetime. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like this shit is hard, hard, but you know, I mean, this is the work, and I think every day we build we build muscle, and I feel like um, I feel like that's what that's what our ancestors did. Do you think um, so? You passed over something, but let's talk about that. Do you think that Do you think that um, that the learnings you have in this life you pass on to yourself or or the or whatever after? Do I pass it on in in that's legacy? Right, but. Do you think that you do you think that there's more than one lifetime that you got to work on to figure this stuff out? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know because the only experience I have is this lifetime. Right. And you know, I mean, we can we can talk about theory if there is another lifetime and if there is and right on then that in in that lifetime and you do your best you freaking can in that lifetime. Mm. And and I think that's what that's you know, that's the that's the so that's the mentality I have, but I didn't have this mentality the whole entire time as I was going through this process, and I'm still learning. Sure. I'm still learning, because there are times where I was a bitch. I don't know if you knew that, though. I did. You did? Yeah, I knew that. Oh, my God, I was horrible. Yeah. Horrible, but... Yeah, but, I mean, the, the other half of that is that aloha and extending, uh, you know, um, extending aloha... Um, you know, asking, acknowledging, listening, working through your heart, observing, observing, <laughs> heart. It's, it's ask and inquire. Listen with the intention to understand and not judge. Observe the sensations, the emotions, the somatic responses in your body. And not just... And don't concentrate on the body language of the person that you're engaging with, but also the subtle signals that we're giving off to each other as well. And that's the O, and the H is the heart, to lead with the heart, to lean into um, the dialogue, you know, ask questions and inquire, but, you know, have the heart be the guide through the entire process of, you know, aloha, because I feel that's, that's where love, empathy, compassion, understanding, you know, if we lead with our heart, that's how we're leading. And then the, the A is the um, accept and adaptability to difference. And, you know, I, I feel that um, it's inevitable that we have a difficulty time that when we're facing when we're facing change we like to um, hold on to those beliefs that we have that cognitive dissonance set in but when we come to the place where we can accept other ideas and adapt to the way that we're thinking and navigating in the world then i think it's at that moment where we are actually um creating social change through personal transformation Mm. and it's um it's powerful but i you know i mean i had to uh i'm still learning through all of that 
So let's talk about that concept of social change through personal transformation. Mm-hmm. That idea, um, you know, is um, is um, is that um, the way you know is rooted in the belief that the way to change the world is to start with yourself. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. We. If we. Oh. And that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, I remember looking outside of myself and always blaming the world for everything that was going wrong in my life. You know, it's like, um, and, and I think, I think I got so used to with what I was given or what was, um, you know, just what I had access to that it was the norm until I found out that it wasn't the norm, that it was actually systemic oppression that was keeping my family and myself and my, you know, my ancestors in a place where we were mostly always poor, uneducated. Is that systemic oppression um, completely external? No, 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 it's not. And I was getting there. I was getting there. So it's not it's not it's not just external it's internal because when we start to believe those stories and we start to tell ourselves yeah this is this is where it is because we are not courageous enough to step beyond the um the boundaries of our understanding we're not going to learn so if we just continuously just say, well, this is the best that I can, this is the best I'm going to do. Well, you know, everybody did it. So this is why I need to do this. That's internalization. That's what you got to change. That's what you got to change. You've got to change. You got to change that mindset. And even though, even though as you start digging and looking beyond the boundaries that you've been so accustomed to, people are going to try to push you back. People will try to push you back to keep you into that boundary. And you've got to find other people on the other side and be like, yo, yo, bro, I see you over there. How'd you get over there? Come help me out. And then be willing enough, have the grace, the empathy, compassion, and understanding that you remember where you were before. And you turn around and you put your hand out and you're like, you know what? Come on, I got you. Mm -hmm. That is so important. That is so, so, so important is that you, you give back. You give back because you know what it's like. You know what it's like to to not have those um, those boundaries open to you. So it's like I I love it. I I love the fact that you know. I mean, it's hard work. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. But I am so excited. <laughs> I just got tingles up and down my body. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I just got tingles. But I can, you know, I feel I feel this this change that's that's coming on. And, you know, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for I'm excited for where we're going, for what we're gonna be doing, you know, I mean, and sharing sharing our mana'o, sharing our wisdom, sharing our aloha, our breath of life with other people in in hopes that together we can we can make a we can make a change we can make a change but you know i mean i love being able to see the letters behind my name i love it i love it i love it and i love it because i feel like that's one more link 
you know, that's one more link that I can, I can just, you know, pull back and be like, all right, come on, let's, let's link up, you know, for the next generation. It's exciting that I know that I can open the doors and pave the path for the next generation. So it's like, I feel strong. I feel like my shoulders are being built up because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. And guess what? I'm going to be the next giant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll be the next ancestor and I'm I'm excited. I am. Yeah. I'm excited for that. <laughs> I um um the so Ali'i texts back. Oh my god, about the care bear. Yep. Yeah. Um he just wanted to make sure that you knew that the one with just the rainbow was cheer bear. <laughs> he wanted you to know that. Cheer bear. What about what about the one with the hearts though? Because I know that there's one that shoot out hearts. Rainbow heart bear. Is that what it's it's called? Rainbow heart bear. Yeah. I don't. I I think he made that up. I don't think he did. Look up rainbow. Google rainbow heart bear. <laughs> I think he made it up. I'm asking him what was the one with the ponies inside the heart. There was no ponies in the heart. <laughs> this is a true test. I don't think there was either. I have no idea. He's going to look it up. Oh my God. <laughs> this is a true test. <laughs> I, um, I don't feel like I'm about to take a step into, um, into stepping on the shoulders of giants. Say more. Um, I don't feel like what I'm about to say um, and what I'm about to write and what I'm about to work through is going to be, I, I think it's, <clears throat> I think it might be an original, I think, I don't think there's giants to stand on, which I like, I prefer, but, um, but it also means that I'm going to be talking about something that's going to be extremely challenging for people. So are you looking at maybe um dismantling systems yeah I, i'm standing on giants you're dismantling systems if you but if you look at it that would make sense right totally it totally would but um but both scare people yeah both scare people yeah you know but if we're going to move forward as a species if we're going to survive as a species mm -hmm. We got to talk. We got to talk and look at some pretty deep rooted things. Some right. things that are that are way down that are foundational. Right. And I think it's going to be important to not you, we cannot throw out everything. But, um, you know, that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are there are pieces of our humanity that that make us us. I think that's the problem with the idea of um, of. Um, um, metahuman or um or the concept of uh um, transhumanism you know the idea that we're going to evolve ourselves um through the machine right oh like, right right you know we're going to implant things in our head or something like that okay but um that's not dealing with anything right like that's not that's not really that's not actually taking a hold of 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 what we are that's like that's like you know letting something else brush it under the rug for us mm -hmm. um you know we, we have to look at the um you know humanity is a is a is a 
is a broken creation. Some, some religions consider it a flawed creation. Um, there's different words um, in, um, in different spiritual disciplines that talk about um, the um, sin nature is a very specific concept, but, but you know, the, the broken nature or the pain nature of, of, of humanity. And uh, out of that, we've, um, we've grown many, 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 many branches off of this tree. And the branch that, that is a nice thick branch that sticks up way at the top of this tree that's holding a lot of weight um, is the concept of race and the concept of whiteness and the concept of and everything that comes along with it. And, um, and to challenge that, to challenge that concept directly is very difficult for people. Because when you've got a group of people who... Um, whose indigeneity has been so completely removed mm -hmm. that what they identify with is whiteness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's white bread. It's mayonnaise. Right. It's a whiteboard. It's nothing. It's a template or a construct in which you input things upon. It is not a template or a construct in which you build upon the shoulders of. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and so consequently, um, that's the root of consumer culture. That's the root of Western civilized consumer culture is the concept of, 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 of the cultureless, of the, you know, of the, um, of the ancestor, the, the lack of ancestral um, memory and connection. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and, why it's important for people to stay step back into and, and you know and research where, where's your indigeneity coming from and i love that christian page said that today oh did he yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i it, that's the root of it right like that's the root of it what it, where's your indigeneity because mm -hmm. you can't just you can't just stop at american and white because right. those two things are combined those mm -hmm. two concepts are less mm -hmm. than 500 years old right so, you, I mean, you're literally talking about the indoctrination of an entire group of people who are indoctrinated into basically a, a religion, yeah. <laughs> a, re, a, a religion that's less than 500 years old. And, right. that, and that religion is whiteness. That religion right. is, is, well, I'm white. No, you're probably not. You're, what you probably are is you're probably Northern European. Maybe you're yep. Scandinavian. Right. Um, perhaps you're Gaelic. Perhaps you're... Germanic, you know, wh where do these tribal groups, where do these tribal groups, groups come from? Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe, maybe you're even farther north than that. Maybe you're Salmi, you know. So <clears throat> without understanding the roots of those indigeneities and where they, where they got cut off, whiteness is, white people are regaled to <coughs> being led around. Right. And that's your that's your um, analogy for the mayonnaise. Right. It's like it's just like spread. You got to give context to that. Oh, talk about your mayonnaise. Well, you talk okay. about where, where you heard. So I, it, it sounds like because, um, you know, people have people of European descent has been so removed from their indigeneity that they've adopted the the idea of whiteness. And that's just like to cover up 
everything else. Yeah, mayonnaise. Like mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> like I meant mayonnaise, exactly by that. Right? right? It's just to like, okay, well, we have to like hold us together somehow. Let's just say whiteness. Right. And then within creating that system of whiteness, these structures of power and privilege and, you know, hegemony all came into place because of that. Yeah, well, there. so I think one of the things that I think is important that I hope we talk more about this season on the podcast is there are two types of human species or two types of human um, human beings on this planet. <clears throat> There's the individual human, you and me. Doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are, what ethnicity you are, and then there's the and then there's the collective human being, which is all of us. And the collective human being is a real thing. It's just we 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 have a hard time seeing it as an actual um, entity unto itself. But the evidence of that can be found just in how thought and ideas evolve over time. And the concept and the idea of whiteness comes from hundreds of different places um in the in the 14th 15th 16th century mm -hmm. even earlier but right. really start to start to start to wind up in europe um in these ideas through um the ideas of evolution through the ideas of biology through the ideas of geography through the ideas of of religion and eventually dividing up the world into um um, and if you look at the way that they divide up, um, and the the map we've settled on is Caucasoid, um, Negroid, um, Mongoloid, and there's a fourth one. And I'm not going to remember what that one is. And if you look at it, they're based they're they're really based off of um, regional um, spots on the um, on the map that divide Europe off from uh from the rest of africa or um asia minor or you know or or um um you know or basically the rest of the world right and so in doing so um these labels get put onto it which mm -hmm. you know so the concept of caucasian and and by doing so you're basically setting the groundwork for what became both the enlightenment but also um uh you know the the age of discovery the age in which Europeans um, found means of sailing across the ocean and began to strike out and build colonies and trade routes across right. the across the ocean. And the way that they justified this was they justified it through this bullshit science that came out of um, came out of of this age that combined all these elements into it to decide that there were four races and um, and um, and those races um, had different features, and then you get into eugenics, and mm -hmm. which is total crap. Mm -hmm. And um, and so t today we're left with you know this idea that that you know I'm part of a race, right? And and it builds in division. Yeah. When the reality is is that the farther we move into this 21st century, the 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 more and more real it's going to be that. I'm the I, I am I am a part of the human race. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Because everything's getting smaller. Right. Everything's getting smaller. Travel times are getting shorter. People are marrying all over the world. People are connecting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're mingling. We're mixing. Like we are, we are, we are a human race. And I think 
I think that's where the fear comes in, right? For some of those, um, you know, white supremacist guys, people, is that, holy shit, we're losing our race. We need to stop this right now because our race is being decimated right now. Yeah. And so they are just like, we can't have this happen. Yeah, the problem with that is that um, is that it, it it's based off of a concept of um, of um, scarcity, mm-hmm. right? So yep. it's you know so um, in order for you to have yours, I have to give up mine. Yep. Um, or at the very least, I have to I have to you know I have to give something up, and um, that's just not the case that's that's a false message the universe doesn't work that way but if we don't want to go woo Mm -hmm. you know if we don't want to we don't want to woo this out that's no problem right fact of the matter is is there's enough for everybody yeah there's enough for everybody and we would be a far more productive and um and uh um collectively intelligent species which is what we are the human Mm -hmm. species homo sapien, um, together than we would by dividing ourselves up. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it's like um, divided we fall, right? Right, divided we fall. And there's there's definitely... Actually, the better way to put that is united or divided we stand, united we fall. Divided we stand, united we fall. Yeah. Same word. If we stand divided against each other, we will all fall. Mm. We will all fall. Because the consequences that we're reaping in the world today, you talked today about uh, environmental racism. Yeah. Well, the, the bottom line is, is there's, there's a lot of words for that. Um, right. You know, the consequences of what we're facing today um, is directly related to the, to the division we see in an, ourselves. Mm. It's directly related to to um, the division we perpetuate within ourselves. We are a collective human species. Yeah, we are, and we can operate as a we do operate as a collective. Oh my gosh, look at look at people driving down the freeway during rush hour traffic. <laughs> yes, there's literally tens of thousands of people <laughs> right in front of you, mm-hmm. and tens of thousands of people behind you. Mm-hmm. And because that freeway stretches from Canada to Mexico mm-hmm. and all these people are moving in the same time zone yep. and the amount of accidents that might occur percentage wise of right. the total people that might be traveling I-5 from one border to the other yep. is so astronomically small. Right. That's a collective human species right. operating as one. Yep. And we do it all the time. Right. Right. All the time. Right. The way we fly our planes. Yes. The way we deliver our food. The, you know, the way we grow our food. The yep. way, we do it all the time. The dude holding the flag at the bottom of the street to hold off traffic while they cut the trees mm-hmm. is a part of a system mm-hmm. that is a, two streets up from that and, and 10 yep. streets up from that yep. and a city from that yeah. and a continent from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because... I think, you know, like you were saying, it is the the only division that we have is a division that we've created within ourselves. Yeah. And we need to find a way through that. 
And just through that, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it on the individual point of view, that's not that's not a whole lot, but it's a, it's a whole lot of hard work. It is a whole lot of hard work, but it's exactly as you said earlier. It's social change through individual transformation. Through personal transformation. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it. Exactly. You know, you you find you you get in touch with your heart. Yeah. And that means that means doing some things that you have to um, that you have to really work at. And I think that we should talk about that next time. We'll do that. I think we should talk about the effort that one must put into place in order to find the boundaries Mm -hmm. to make yourself work and not get in your own way. Yeah. We need to train more Jedis. Indeed. (laughs) Okay. Um, With that, you know what's on? This is awesome. The second episode of season seven of Clone Wars. <laughs> okay, let's watch it. Oh, sweet. Over a bowl of yogurt. Yay. All right, you guys have a very, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy your day. Have a great day. See ya. Aloha.